Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Joyfully You Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lowe, and I'm so excited because today we have a special guest, Ashley Elizabeth, and she travels between Bali and Canada teaching movement and using movement as a form of expression to overcome self-doubt and to be resilient in your life. She also has another brand, Resilience Junkie, of being able to just overcome the hardships that happen in life because we all know stuff happens, it's going to get us down. Health comes in, family issues, stress, anxiety, mental health, all these different things that are trying to pull us away from what our passion is calling us to do. We all know that we have that inner voice. So I'm so excited to bring Ashley to you guys because we're going to really talk about resiliency and the struggles that she had when she decided to rise back up and how she was able to use movement and feminine energy in order to process those things to ultimately get what it is she really wanted, which was to create an impact. And that's exactly what she's doing with her work throughout the globe. So everyone, welcome Ashley Elizabeth. Pincott. Uh, I am originally from Canada, um, but now I live in Bali, Indonesia. Um, I have quite an interesting story, so I'll kind of start uh, in the present, and then we'll we'll move back because there's a there's a lot that got me to where I am today. Um, so so here's what I do. I my purpose in life and in everything that I do is all about empowering women to become addicted to success and self love. That is my jam. Ooh, and, yes, uh, that's my jam, and I do it. I do it through two different mediums. Okay, so I I, I say to people, I do that on and off the mat. Uh, anything that I do on the mat, uh, the whole goal is teaching people how to get it off the mat and out into the world because I think that's the trick, right? Um, so I do that through Resilience Junkie. Uh, which, um, as you're aware, uh, women's empowerment coaching company. Um, the purpose of that is really where I teach BS-free skills and strategies to women about how they can become the master of their mind and emotions because your mindset is everything, right? Um, and in doing that, I believe naturally uh, women slowly start to develop unshakable confidence. Uh, they learn how to leverage their fears. And then from there, transform self-doubt into a plan of action. So that's really, that's really what I do both on the mat and off the mat uh, in terms of coaching and practicing yoga. Um, and so my whole, my whole shtick is that I think that too many of us are just surviving. And I think that, you know, we wanna, we wanna thrive. That's the whole reason that we're here. Right. And so really, I want women to empower themselves to believe first and foremost that that is a possibility uh, and then to learn how to grow and evolve into the best version of themselves and really to just live like a kick ass life and on their terms and, um, you know, to to kind of stop all the white noise that ends up happening uh, and, and just do them. Right. So I think too often we kind of you know, the whole surviving mentality, we, we, we drown in the ocean of life. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things that bring us down. And, uh, you know, I have a little saying, I always say, you know, I want to teach you how to be the yacht that rides the wave. That's my whole thing. Uh, and, and how I can do that is, is through these two different channels. So, so a little bit, um, you know, coaching is, is one piece. Uh, the second piece, which is my jam, is is teaching yoga dance, and I know this is something we're going to dive into. Um, so I I created a practice called Badass Body Boost Yoga, and uh, this is uh, an ecstatic yoga dance practice. Uh, I work just with women, uh, and I'll get into a little bit about why that is. Um, and so what it is is it it's a fusion of Hatha yoga. Okay, uh, with cardio intensive dance, uh, primal movement, which scares women sometimes. So I'll talk a little bit about that. <laughs> okay. They're like, they're like, what, what is that? Uh, <laughs> uh, mixed, they freak out, especially when I come back to Canada. They're like, what are you, what are you teaching me? Um, and <laughs> That's awesome. Little, I know, with a little bit of, uh, with core work and deep breath practices. So that's what it is. So it is just a mishmash of all these different things. Um, and I just like to call it a mind, body, soul tune up. You know, this is, um, 
this is something that's healed my life. Uh, and I like to integrate, you know, all of the BS free wisdom and experiences that I've had that have got me where I am today into that practice. So it kind of becomes a yoga life coaching therapeutic uh, expression of movement. Uh, and uh, it's powerful and it's, um, it's my everything really. So um, that's, that's my jam. That's what I do. That's my mission, my purpose, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that I, is amazing. I share that with my people. So I, I know, I know we're probably going to go into a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I'm so happy that yeah, you're here because yeah. I know that everyone that is listening right now is already connected with some of the things that you've said. That movement right. and that therapy, the, the, the mind, body, soul experience and how that can be therapeutic. And so yeah. maybe the question I have is why movement? What does movement yeah. do for you? Yeah. So maybe this is, a, this is a good point where I can kind of talk into why movement has become so powerful uh, in my work. And it, it originates back to my story of how I found movement. Uh, and I think that'll, that'll really help the conversation. So um, quite a few years ago, I mean, I've had a few big ones, but quite a few years ago, I was in a, I was in a really a life-threatening accident. Um, I fractured my back. I had a major brain injury. Um, and it was really during this time of my life when I had this accident, everything stopped, everything on sort of a physical, mental, emotional level. Um, you know, I was, I was bedridden for a year. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to walk again. It was just a really difficult time. And that is when I really found my resilience. I found, I found what it meant to be on the floor crying, um, not sure what life was going to look like uh, in moving forward. And I just, I knew that I had a choice and it was very clear to me. It was, it was like, I have two choices. I can either stay on the ground or I can find a way to heal my life. And after, after a year of rehabilitation, I started to realize that the only person that was going to do that was me. Wow. You know, it's, I, I think we, I think we looked all of these outside sources, right. In order to, um, find ourselves and to bring ourselves back to who we are. And, you know, I, I always tell people that at least in my experience that oftentimes we have to hit rock bottom in order to really find ourselves again. And so this experience did that for me. Um, so I found my version of healing through movement uh, I started to take uh, dance classes. I had a private teacher, um, really just learning how to get back in my body uh, and start to just tap into my physiology. Because often what happens is, you know, we, we get told, you know, that strength comes from just like carrying on and moving forward and not being vulnerable and, and just go, 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 go. And I found that in order to really heal myself, I had to feel into everything. Uh, and so that's what I started to do. So I started to really understand what was happening in my body from a physiological level. And I did that through movement. Uh, over time, that movement became stronger and stronger and stronger. It started from just, you know, trying to bend my knees and like find movement in my legs again. Uh, I started doing Tai Chi that evolved into uh, modern dance, which then evolved into yoga, which evolved into me doing my teacher training. And it just sort of, it was this evolution of movement that brought me to a place where I went, oh, like I'm back, I'm back and I'm ready. Um, and so, so here's what I think. I think that and, I, and I'm not dissing yoga. I love yoga. I don't want the yoga community to hate me. But here's what <laughs> I just like, I got to be careful when I talk about yoga. I think that yoga is a powerful practice, but I think that it's designed, it, it, we can't put it into a box. And that is why I created a practice that integrates so many different elements. Because when you get onto a mat and you're told how to move a specific way and go down and come up and breathe and do this and do this, it's just, in, in many ways, it's just another form of controlling your own body. And I think that we like to be told what to do. I think that makes us feel calm. I think that it's just what we're conditioned to do. And there's a lot of power that comes from, especially with a woman, 
I work a lot with the chakra systems in my, in my practice. So the idea is that the mind and body are connected. Uh, if one area of your life is out of alignment, you can expect that every other area is going to be affected, right? Like yeah. <laughs> physically, you've got pain, you've got pain in your stomach, you got something going on with your organ, you got something going on with your emotions. So it's all really connected. So the idea behind it is that because our thoughts and emotions uh, are composed of energy, if those areas of the body are stuck, we're stuck and then mm. nothing flows, right? So the whole idea is, is allowing women to be able to feel into their body through movement in a way that makes them feel sensual, sexual, empowered, uh, vulnerable, uh, whatever you want to call it, it, it's their process. It's mm -hmm. their practice. Uh, sometimes that freaks women out because they yeah. go, that balance it, of yeah. vulnerability and empowerment. Do, do you find that people yeah. struggle with those two? Cause they're kind of like considered opposites to some people. Fully. And they, and it's, I think it's a natural, it's a natural response. And I, for everybody, you know, I, I'm, I mean, I, I work with women in particular, but I think this is something we all struggle with. You know, it's, it's not mm -hmm. consistent to one gender, but I think there's this idea. And that is why I, I bring the coaching piece. I, I weave that into the practice. Every pose has a purpose. Everything has a purpose in life. The idea behind it is that more often than not, we get held back in life because we have something, we have a limiting belief, we have a fear that is preventing us from stepping out of our comfort zone. So just like you step into a pose or you move your body, you're moving energy. You're trying to move something out of you or inside of you, yeah? And that's the whole idea behind, uh, the vulnerability piece usually comes because I'm, I'm testing women in, in the practice around this, this doesn't feel comfortable. Why doesn't this feel comfortable? Keep going, keep going. Don't hold back. What are you feeling? And, uh, I find that it's the release of energy because I can see when something is stuck in someone's body, it's the release of energy and knowing what power means. I think that's, I think it's an interesting, that's a whole other conversation for us. What is well, it how would you define power? Uh, well, I would define power as, well, for me, it ties into my, my whole thing around resilience is it's really, um, the ability to be connected to your true self, to live in alignment with your purpose at the same time as knowing that you have everything inside of you in order to be successful. Ooh, um, I yeah. love that. Wow. Yeah right? You have, you have everything. And this is, this is the whole concept around that happiness is an inside job. You know, I, I'm like, I'm sure you understand in coaching. I mean, I don't, I don't want to teach anyone how to live their life. I want to be an anchor. I want to be the cheerleader. Um, a lot of people forget and women especially forget their power and that power is associated with being a bitch or power is associated with being aggressive. Mm -hmm. um, and this is something that was really fascinating. I did a master's degree in psychology. I specialized in female leadership resilience. And I'm going to share something that I think is quite interesting that a lot of women might resonate with. And I think it's something that we don't talk about enough is that in all of my interviews that I had, I interviewed uh, women in top levels of leadership across 10 different industries. Uh, and we talked about the role that resilience played in their personal and professional lives and what they pulled upon in moments of, of hardship, adversity, challenges, when they were at their lowest, what they did in order to pick themselves back up again. Not surprisingly, these women, almost all of them expressed that they pulled upon uh, both masculine and feminine traits. So there was, this, there was this duality that existed inside of all of them, that they didn't believe that, you know, they pulled upon masculinity when they maybe were in a corporate boardroom with men and they had to be assertive. 
but they still in those moments of, of being masculine, they still kept their femininity. Yeah. So they, they did it in a way that they didn't, they weren't out of alignment with who they were as a woman. And I, I think that's quite interesting because we usually think that we need to be one or the other. And so when I talk about, you know, this idea that what is power versus vulnerability, that's what I find is really difficult is that, you know, in my practice, especially if I want you to try to scream or I want you to shake or I want you to smash the floor when I'm playing a track, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that because I want you to tap into your power. I want you to unleash that primal warrior badass inside of you that you may feel that you're not allowed to, to, to unleash. Wow. Oh my gosh. That yeah. is so powerful. It gives me goosebumps. Gives me goosebumps just thinking about that because I don't think that there's, I, I can't even remember a time in my life before being a, a child that I just would move without giving a shit except doing types of things. Like you said, I've only done two ecstatic dance um, classes and yeah. both of them were outside of the United States and it was complete liberation. That's what I got yeah. from it. I was like, oh my God, I feel so liberated and free inside of my body. And the only thing that happened was movement. I always was right. so associated with words and, and verbal communication being a healing tool. That was my first time experiencing body movement being a healing tool. And so that's, I, I mean, I truly believe that my interest in that is what somehow led, you know, energy like attracts like led me to finding you on Instagram and having these amazing okay. freaking conversations. Wow. Yeah, totally, totally girl. And I mean, that's, it's, it's, uh, yeah. And, and I haven't talked about it. I don't talk about it a lot on, uh, Instagram, but you know, it's been this years of, of healing from, you know, this one experience that I had and it's, you know, it's, I still go through pain and I still, I still have, I still have bad days and I talk a lot about it. And then actually something happened uh, a year and a half ago. It's like, it's life, you know, it's just, you just keep, you keep getting things that come up. Um, but uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll go into it. But as you know, I live in Bali now. And, um, uh, you know, anytime you have injury in the body uh, in any capacity, there's, there's elements of it that stay with you. And then, you know, if anything kind of hits you again, it's a reminder because that's the power of our body kind of, we tap into it and we listen to it. So a year and a half ago in Bali, I had a brain injury. I was in a really bad uh, motorcycle accident. Um, and it was such an interesting time because I, I sort of, was reminded again of my vulnerability. I'd done all this work to become so powerful. Yeah. Like I can get through mm -hmm. anything. Um, and then I got all over again, I got hit and I was back. In so this is the second injury. Yeah. Wow. And this is, and this is, you know, as you can imagine, you know, this is in a, in a time where I am like practicing in Bali, I'm teaching, I'm doing workshops, I'm coaching. And then this happened and it was like, my entire world stopped again. And then you, you, you step back and you have to, it, it's like life, you know, you have to step back and you have to go again. It was another reminder. Okay. So what do I need to do? And that is why Bali has been such a powerful place for me. It's been uh, a place where I have had to find myself multiple times. Um, and so this has been an interesting journey for me now, you know, it's, it's about, then connecting back to myself and uh, learning the power of emotional mastery, you know, that your mind is everything. When you have a brain injury, you feel like you're not in control of your mind anymore. And when you resist it, it gets worse. So there's been quite an interesting surrendering piece that has happened that has transformed my practice. Uh, it's transformed my life, obviously, uh, and the way that I engage with people. Um, you know, I definitely, I think, integrate more, uh, you know, of the vulnerability piece into my work because I've experienced a lot of vulnerability. Um, but yeah, I mean, movement has saved my life. I continue, I mean, ecstatic dance saved me through a brain, this brain injury, um, you know, and it, there's, 
I have to say too that the, the bigger piece with connection, and this is why I only work with women, I get asked a lot, why don't you, why don't you do workshops with men and women? And I go, well, it's, it's simple. It's a really simple answer. <laughs> I, like really simple. I, I think that, I think that women uh, need this in this day and age, especially now more than ever, women need to come together and they need to connect on a deep and meaningful level. And we need to cut the bullshit and we need to stop the competition. Uh, you know, I always say like confidence has no competition. We need to stop and we need to come together and we need to inspire and empower one another towards greatness. That is what we need to do. Whatever medium we can do that through, like I feel like emotional expression and movement is one of the most powerful ways. We forget who's in the room and we just do our own thing. And in doing so, it's energetic. So it's, I always say to people, we're all here for something. We all came into this room to heal something. And in doing so, we're going to breathe this shit through together. And at the end of this journey, you are going to feel connected to one another without even doing any work. You don't need to find a mentor. You don't need to join a mastermind group. You literally will just feel the energy of one another by your breath. And people look at me like, oh my God, you're such a hippie. And I go, <laughs> bear with me. Like, bear with me, you know? Um, so it's about connection. It's, it's like movement for me is about connection. When women are together, they are unstoppable. Bring them into a room. Uh, coach them collectively. Uh, and it's a lot cheaper than therapy. It's a lot cheaper than therapy. It really yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's real. Like, it's real. In a world filled with technology right now, having that real connection, I mean, right. can we even put a price on it? I mean. Right. That's right. Babe. So, so I find that, um, you know, because resilience has been this thread um, that has sort of been interwoven throughout my experiences in my life. I think that this is a trait that we all have. This is something you aren't born resilient. You, you travel through life and have experiences that test your strength and it's, it's your ability to bounce forward in life. It's, it's not, it's not a bouncing back mechanism. Resilience is about, uh, not only am I going to get back up after this fall, but then I'm also going to take that fall and I'm going to transform it into something epic. Right. Yes. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to, you know, your, I always say like your purpose is hidden behind your wound. So if you, Oh my you, gosh. I love that. Your purpose. Yeah. I always say your pain is your purpose. It's like the exact I same know. thing. Right. Because we search tirelessly. And I think that's like the one thing I'm sure maybe you can relate when you work with clients. It's like finding purpose is this big thing that I find so many people are, are plagued with finding purpose. And so we're constantly like looking outside of ourselves and searching for something tirelessly and um, we get overwhelmed when we don't find it. And I'm like, what's your, what's your, yeah, what's your pain? What's your, what's your wound? Let's start with your wound uh, let's get super real with it. Let's feel into it. And then let's discover what we can create from that place because that's where everything lies. That's your, that's your strength. You don't, you don't become epic from just hanging out in your comfort zone and doing the same old thing, right? You, it, it comes from doing the thing you think you cannot do. And so I find that Oh, this, you know, in my practice, this is not like a one-off. You don't come into my, you don't come into my class and come out like a new human being. But what you do is that it, it's, it brings that fire into your body. And it, the, the trick is programming and conditioning your mind to, to say, I'm going to take all this juiciness that just happened here. And then I'm going to go out there and I'm going to share that with the world. And that's the, that's the process, you know? Um, and so that's what I do. That's, that's my mission. That's what I do in Bali. Um, I know we probably want to talk a little bit about Bali. Wow. It, yeah. It, I'm sure everyone's like ears are perking up. They're like, did she just say Bali right now? Bali. Yeah, I know. Right. So, so you're, you grew up and you're from Canada. I'm from Canada. Um, okay. so yeah, I was raised in Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, and, uh, I, I did a undergraduate degree here. Um, 
and then I had my really bad accident. I went through, uh, you know, two years of rehabilitation. I kind of just kept pushing through. I ended up uh, doing a little bit of traveling, realized that I wasn't strong enough for that. So I came back. I dove into a master's degree because that's just what I do. Uh, (laughs) Right? I mean, that's a great way to feel. So I I dove into a master's degree and that's, that was my way. Uh, I was, I've always been fascinated in the human mind. I've always been interested in why people behave the way that they do. Um, And once I had this experience of, uh, you know, kind of tapping into my own resilience and my own strength, I started to become really fascinated in the topic of resilience in general. Um, so that's what I focused on in my, my research and my defense, my thesis. Uh, and I just found myself through my master's degree. I was part of a, a group of seven women. It was a really small program. Um, and I went, this is what, this is what the world needs. We need to inspire and empower one another. And I did it every day for two years, um, you know, through tears and a lot of like, (laughs) a lot of F-bombs and a lot of why am I doing this? And, um, you know, I, I just found myself again and I was able to, that was my healing. That was my therapy was, was, you know, I chose to do it academically. Um, now, what ended up happening is that, um, you know, I started coaching at this time. I started coaching right when I was in my, my, my master's. And I started to realize that because I'm such a – helping is a part of my DNA. It's like you want to help and you want to serve and you want to add value. And you want to be there and have compassion and empathy and all of that stuff. I was giving all of it away, and I realized that I hadn't done any of the work on myself. Mm. So I, I took, I took, you know, my pain and, and all of the, the emotions that I had experienced from, you know, some heavy stuff I dealt with. And I just dove right back into life. And I went, I'm strong. I'm powerful. I'm not going to let this hold me back. Well, you know, guess what happens? It ends up biting you in the ass when you don't, when you don't tap into your body and, and heal your mind from something. So, um, I just realized that I, I felt really lost. I started getting a lot of anxiety. Um, I was dealing with some depression, but I was really good at putting a face. Like, and nobody thought anything was wrong with me. You know, I was like so good at that. Um, and uh, I had to get real with myself. And so um, I was just spiraling. I was spiraling on like uh, on an emotional level. I just, and then I went, if I'm not going to walk the walk, I'm, I can't, I can't coach client. I can't do this. I gotta, I gotta find myself again. So I, um, I was in an unhealthy toxic relationship. I didn't feel connected to my, my body or myself. Um, even though I was doing yoga and I was teaching, I just, I was stuck. So I just said, screw it. And I, uh, booked a one-way ticket to Bali. Uh, I, (laughs) It was like, the full, oh my gosh, it was like the full on movie, you know, it was like eat, pray, love. It was fully pray, love, like on the floor, toxic relationship, like failed, failed. Wow. Engagement, failed engagement. I was, in, oh, I, was man. San, yeah, I was in San Francisco, found out my fiance was cheating on me. I was on the floor crying and I thought, this is it. I am, I am uh, like, screw this, screw all of it, you know, screw what everyone else wants me to do. Um, I'm going to stop people pleasing and stop caring about about everybody else. And I'm just going to make myself a priority for the first time in my life. So uh, I booked a one-way ticket uh, (laughs) from San Francisco. I had one bag and uh, I flew to Bali and and, uh, I mean, it sounds cliche, but the rest is history. So that was three years ago. Um, I got to Bali and anyone who has been to Bali will understand what I mean you know, when you arrive, you just feel like you're home. Um, and, uh, I got there and I immediately just said, this is my place. Um, uh, there's, when you arrive in Bali, I live in Ubud, which is, you know, which is the Mecca of, of yoga and consciousness and health and all that good stuff. And it's like 85% women. So when you talk about feminine energy, it's just wild. You, you get into this space and you automatically just feel empowered being there. Um, 
And I went, wow, this is amazing. You know, and I was like in a man bashing mode. So it was so perfect because I was, <laughs> you know, like this is what I need. And I did, I did the classic stereotypical find myself in Bali thing. Um, and Bali has a very interesting way of uh, like, it, it makes you face everything, you know? So you don't want to see someone, you go to your, your, your favorite coffee shop, he or she will be sitting right there staring at you. You know, it, it really, it has, <laughs> it has this energy to it where it, it's constantly making you show up for yourself in different ways. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it's been doing that since the day I arrived. And it did that last year when I had a brain injury. And, um, you know, it's just constantly kind of, yeah, uh, forcing you to really um, step into your version of power and love yourself and figure out what that is through struggle, <laughs> like really oftentimes through struggle. And that's why most people come to Bali. Uh, and that's why a lot of people never want to leave when they do. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously my, my practice, my vibe, my work, uh, it, it just explodes in Bali. Um, it's people are open to anything and everything. Um, they are exploring every healing modality on the planet. Uh, they feel free to be and do anything. Uh, and yeah, it's a different, it's a different vibe, you know? So I, I've, I've realized that it's very important for me to take all of the magic that I create there and to bring it back, to bring it to America, to bring it to Canada, because a lot of people don't feel empowered enough yet to explore that rawness and um and to scream and to cry and to feel okay doing those things uh and just to move the energy in their body in a way that is in their control you know there's there's a lot of beauty in it because it's like we control everything you know we're, we're always in control and then the freedom that you get by letting go is is powerful so um yeah that's that's i you know, I, that's my practice and I, I, I'm doing workshops and I do retreats. Um, and that's amazing. Yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, and, and it's, it, it's a healing. It's for me, every time I do it, it heals me too. You know, there, there has to be, I'm sure you get this as a coach. I always say, I always say to people, like, I don't have all the answers. Like I don't. So yeah. Um, I joke with my clients. I'm like, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a guru. I'm a coach. I'm going to hold you to the things that you want and help you get there. That's right. Right. I don't know everything. And any coach that says that they've mastered every single thing in life is lying. So I have bad <laughs> days. Like, really? <laughs> We're all human. We're all human. And I have bad days. And, and it's the realness that is what allows women to feel supported. And I think, you know, that's, that's powerful. So um, so yeah, that's, you that's know, amazing. Yeah. Bali saved me. So whoever has not been there, get yourself to Bali. Our stories are so similar. The thing that mm. catapulted me into traveling, I traveled the world for three years and it's well consecutively now it's still just ongoing throughout uh, my life here in, in California, but I was in a toxic relationship. I was working a corporate job where I was so burnt out that I was losing my hair. My, I was having such bad adrenal fatigue, all these different things to where all of a sudden I was like, I'm fed up. Yeah. There's no way this could be fucking life. And if this is life, I want to try something new. <laughs> like I was so fed up. And so it's so interesting being able to have these deeper connected conversations with you, how much similarities there are within our stories. I want to ask about, um, okay, so you've experienced two major life-threatening experiences. Was there ever a point during that that you wanted to give up? Yes, uh, multiple times. <laughs> if you want my honest opinion, I mean, I still have, I still have moments today when I want to give up. Um, and I'll kind of talk to you a little bit about what give up looks like for me um, and how I'm able to transform it. So um, I think one of the most difficult things for me in my life and something that I've had to consistently work on, uh, through my own coaching that I've had, to, I, that I do, cause I get coached too. I think it's really important as well. If you're going to be a coach, you gotta get coached, mm -hmm. um, is really a, around giving up control. 
uh, at giving up control and, and surrendering because there, that is something that I've always struggled with. Um, when you, when you have to be faced with the unknown, especially when it comes to not being in control of your body or your, or your brain and what it's doing, um, there's a lot of fear that comes with that. And for me, that showed up in the form of anxiety. So what I have struggled with um, for the last year and a half has been vertigo. Anyone who has vertigo knows how horrible it is. Uh, it's just this idea that the world is constantly spinning. Uh, and what I've, what I've started to notice and, is that I'm more in tune with my, with my brain. And so I have to really learn how to give up control of wanting everything to go as planned. I want to work for five hours today. Oh, you don't want me to work for five hours today. You want me to work for two. And then you want me to go meditate and then go move my body and come back. Oh, I get it. Um, I've always been a type type A personality that's just gone, go, 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 go. Um, and I've, I've had to learn as a result of these injuries, how important it is to slow down, to honor the body. Um, and also, how important it is to really master your emotional state. So um, the times that I've wanted to give up the most are usually when my emotions have got the best of me. Uh, it's when I feel out of control of my emotions. And that is when my limiting beliefs start rolling in. My monkey mind tells me that I'm never going to get better. Um, and it's just like we talk about, it's, it's like attracts like. And your yeah. thoughts and your words are so powerful. Um, and I, how would you describe limiting beliefs to the people listening? Cause there's some people that have dove into the world of self-development, but then there's some people listening that, that I don't think they really understand what you mean by limiting beliefs. Yeah. So uh, I think in many ways it's a limiting belief is, has been, oftentimes we don't even know what they are because they have been conditioned years and years ago before we even knew they existed. Um, you know, uh, my mom always jokes with me. She goes, oh, oh, so you're just saying that I, I'm the result of your limiting beliefs. And I said, well, yeah, sometimes in some ways you are, you know, it's not <laughs> your, it's, no offense. It's not your fault, but it's, it's, you know, it's the person that was, that was closest to us, whether that was a parent or it was uh, a mentor or it was society, whatever it was, society was what we were taught in school. We end up being told how we should live our lives and how we should operate in the world. Um, and we all have these beliefs, but what ends up happening is as we start to move throughout, you know, our teenage years and then into adulthood, um, it's really, for me, a limiting belief is the voice inside of your head that tells you, uh, what you, what you can't do. It tells you what you're not capable of. It tells you, it, it really operates on shoulds, woulds, and coulds. That's how I talk about limiting beliefs, Right. I should have done this. I could have done this. I would have done that if mm. I was better. And then it, it, you just start spiraling. It becomes sort of a rabbit hole effect where you start with one thing and then it just starts transferring in every area of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, you know, so for me, it was like, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't like my brain isn't working today or now I'm dizzy. So I can't work. And because I can't work, I can't serve people. And because I can't serve people, that means that I'm never going to get better. And because I'm not, so it's it's really it's really learning how, which is why it's so important. Um, you know, I, people always have these ideas around. Well, you need to crush your limiting beliefs. You need to crush them. You don't need to crush them. You need to make friends with them by identifying what it feels like when you experience it and say it out loud, kind of sit with it, observe it, see what it feels like, and then wake up every single day. This is the only thing that's helped me really, every single day and engage in self-love rituals that, that are the opposite of whatever that voice is telling you, mm. right? Wow, the that's powerful. The opposite, right, babe? Like whatever it is that, and and sometimes it's just finding the thing that allows you um, to, to just open yourself up. So obviously for me, this has been dance. When I get super dizzy or I get super anxious, I move my body, right? Now, one year ago, I would sit in a room and cry. 
uh, and then that only makes everything worse. So it's really, it's really finding, you know, what it is that allows you to master your emotions, tap into your, your feelings and your physiology and say, I am not, I am not this belief and I'm going to show evidence for why that is. And mm. sometimes it's as simple as, you know, it's why I say, put on your favorite track, be in a shit mood and then put on your favorite track and move your body and tell me in that moment what it feels like, right? Like, tell me yeah. what that feels like because it's, it, you, we forget that we have the power to control our emotional state and change it in five seconds. The mm. same thing happens with eliminating belief. The problem is, is that it doesn't happen overnight. So it's like, it's the habit. It takes a long time for us to just recondition our mindset, you know, and change something from disempowering to empowering. But I just think, I always say it's the voice inside of your head that operates on should, woulds, and coulds. Uh, and obviously when we live in that place, we get nowhere. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. So I think that's, that's yeah, it holds us back. I, 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 yeah. I feel like the, the little voice in our head is the limiting beliefs and those gut feelings. That's the instinct. That's our soul speaking to us. Like that's the truth coming out. That's trying to emerge before any of those voices try and shut it down. And I love that you mentioned five seconds. Um, that's something I talk about a lot is we have five seconds before our brain talks us out of what our intuition is trying to get us to do. I love that. I love that. And on the same note, I always say to people too, like, you're allowed to have a pity party. You're allowed five minutes. I always say, you're, you're allowed five minutes to have a pity party. And then you got to go back into gangster mode. You know, you, you, <laughs> yeah. That's you know, awesome. Like, five minutes. You sit in the corner, moan, bitch about life, complain. You know, this, this positivity thing about how we always have to be positive. I'm like, it, it doesn't, it's not, it's not real. But the trick is, is having that moment and then finding a way to get yourself out of it. And that is all around tricking your brain. I mean, if you have to fake it till you feel it, then that's what you do. You, you, you fake it. You, mm -hmm. you, feel like, you feel like shit, then you just put on your best acting face and pretend that you don't feel like shit. And then slowly yeah. time you trick your brain into believing it. Uh, I mean, it's powerful, you know? It is but, um, so powerful. And I have evidence that that freaking works because I used to teach English online to people in China and yeah. the video would have my face. And when I look at my own face and I wasn't smiling, I'd be like, wow, I don't look exciting. That's not really me. I would smile. Even if I started off and it's fucking four in the morning and I'm like, I don't want to be doing this, but I'm doing it. Eventually the smile was real. I didn't have to force it. Like it would only take a couple minutes until that smile, almost like those, that muscle memory, like yeah. triggered something else within my entire body. So I didn't have totally. to fake it. Totally. So, so, I mean, that's, that has been, you know, there's been many times, I mean, giving up has been, you know, I've had many times when I've been on the floor, many, many times. And, you know, a lot of people talk about a support network and a support system. Uh, I have a, you know, I have a powerful support network that's, um, it's small, which is something that happens to you. I don't know if you can relate. Whenever you go through something really traumatic, adversity of any kind, it's very interesting who shows up. And I've noticed this throughout the years. Who shows up when you're at your lowest? And oftentimes it's been the people that I didn't think would that do. Um, and, you know, it's so that's been really important for me around, around elevating me and pushing me to keep going, reminding me of my truth, reminding me why I'm here. But really the only thing that, that has stopped me from giving up altogether is I think just going back to my soul's purpose. Really. It's like, I searched tirelessly for it my whole life and it was staring, it was staring me in the face every single day. And I ignored it because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to live everyone else's life and I wanted to make my mom happy. And my mom, all she wanted for me was to, you know, for me to be in a corporate job and you know, that was her dream. And yeah, I mean, talk about being traumatized that I moved to Bali. And yeah. Mom's like freaking the freak out. Right. She's like, Oh my God. Like my, my baby's going across the country, across the Tra world. Traumatized, you know, like not so thinking. Yeah. Was, was being in like the toxic relationship, being in um, that accident, did that all lead up to you? Like 
I mean, crushing the people pleaser and living your life for yourself and not living your life for your parents? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I, I think what I found is that, I mean, I've been a people pleaser my whole life. I joke I'm a recovering people pleaser as well. Yeah, yeah. It's an addiction. It's a full addiction. Uh, and I, I, I think it's, and it's not, I think a lot of people hide behind it. And it's, I think we should talk about it more because it's multifaceted. Um, I, I still have to work on it uh, and I still feel really guilty about it. Um, I found, yeah, I think it was, I think, I think for me, I found my strength through my struggle. My struggle was on a, I mean, a physical, it was on many different levels through those accidents. Um, that's where I found my strength in found in finding my strength. I was forced to, uh, really, figure out what self-love meant. Um, and I realized that I, I probably didn't love myself up, up to the point that I encountered those experiences. Um, because when I was, when I was at my lowest, I just, I didn't, it was like, I wanted to give up because I didn't think I was worthy of, of getting better. So that was, that was, that was a huge aha moment for me. And so I went through this process. There was still that thing that I kept going. So, you know, sometimes you just have to persevere. And I think it's this adrenaline rush that you get that we all have inside of ourselves where we go, I've got two choices. I can fall or I can rise. So what am I going to do? If I fall, what are the consequences? Well, life really sucks. So I've got to keep going. I've got to keep pushing. Um, and I think what happened is that I really grew and evolved through my struggle. And then from that, I started to go inward a lot more. I've always been a very extroverted person. I always, I love to get energy from other people. And then I, I hated being alone. Some people can, I hated it. I was like, it's just because I'm an extrovert. It had nothing to do with that. Being alone scared the shit out of me. It made me feel uncomfortable. It made me think about things. It made me, you know, my inner critic love to come out and, and you know, tell me all the reasons I wasn't good enough and why I wasn't going to make it. So I didn't like to be alone. And when I had my injuries, I had to go inward. I had no choice. I really had to tap into my heart intelligence. I had to, I had to find myself again. And the only way I was going to do that was through myself. So that was a huge learning lesson for me. And I had to, by showing up for myself only, people pleasing was like the, the back of the bus. It was the back of the bus. It was like, no, I like, I don't have time to show up for you today. Cause you know, I have like a million and one things that I have to do for rehab. I have a million and one things that I need to do in order to make sure that I don't go on antidepressants, that I don't go on medication, that I don't live in a state of pain. So I don't really have time for you. And the funny thing about people pleasing is you, I mean, when you're a people pleaser, you attract energy vampires, right? Because people, they... Yes. They oh my gosh. I love this topic. They, they find you. They can smell you. They find <laughs> you and they latch on to you. Like, can't get rid of that, right? You're mm -hmm. stuck. You're really stuck. And, and so I, I, I found that I started to be conscious of who these people were as I started to, you know, enjoy more of... Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying I enjoyed it, but but uh, connecting to myself more, um, made, it, it it meant that I had to spend more time alone, and in spending more time alone, I started to recognize who wasn't serving me anymore, um, and I just started a lot of answers came up, and so I I did a there was a lot it, I mean it was a moment when I had to step back and go who is not serving my highest self anymore. And I literally made a checklist and I went, wow, that's scary because there's a lot of people on that list. Uh, and I had to have some really uncomfortable conversations. I did. I had to say, you know, I am evolving into a, a, a new human being and I don't know who this person is. And unfortunately, this person doesn't, isn't able, doesn't have the energy for what is being transmitted between the two of us. Um, and not surprisingly, what happens is that as soon as you stand up for yourself, those, those energy vampires have a whole new level of respect for you. And they want to hang out with you and they want to be your friend and they want to be coached by you and they want to 
and they want all this stuff and, and you're like at the end of the day we're just all trying to just feel connected to something and some of us just don't know what that is um, and they, they just don't love themselves enough to to you know attract that in a healthy way so mm. yes um, I still struggle from a from a parental perspective still struggle to this day um, you know I'm a I'm an only child with a single mom so do the math it is like me against the world um, my mom is like I'm everything the world the universe revolves around me that's a lot to take that's very overwhelming it's a lot um, of pressure a lot of pressure girl and uh, my mom lives in fear that's her that's her thing that's her jam so it's been a it's been a real process for me around creating uh, a healthy boundary that's another big thing about people pleasing that I've learned creating boundaries with people that you love and it's sometimes the people that love you the most and saying I've got to protect my energy I can't go into fear I've got to be as full power as possible in order to keep moving forward. You can either join the train or I will call you in two weeks. Cause right now the energy is everything. I can't, I can't take on energy anymore that doesn't serve me cause it ends up affecting every, if you're a feeler, if you're sensitive, if you're vulnerable, you are going to attract all of that. So it's a, uh, it's been a, it's been an interesting lesson, you know? Yeah. Um, and so being able to have all of those carried emotions, especially people that are highly empathetic, you know, it's like people that are empathetic, you mentioned it, they, they're magnets to those energy vampires, those people that are used to taking, 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 because yeah. they can sense that there's someone willing to give it all. So I how know. does that relate for you in movement? So I guess is the final question of, yeah. you know, the movement that you have, well, maybe I have a different question. Okay. What advice would you give to that girl that maybe is still experiencing people pleasing and experiencing feeling depleted because she's giving everything to everyone else and leaving nothing for herself? Yeah. Okay. So going back to that, I mean, this is something too that I teach uh, that we, we focus on a lot in, in my workshops and in my practice and in coaching, it's, it's everything. But um, you need to, I always tell women that it starts with realizing that you create your story. Everything about your life, you're the hero of your life, you create your story, you have the power to write it, the power to rewrite it, whatever it is that you want, it's up to you to do that. Now, I believe that not everyone likes to hear this, but people pleasing comes down to not feeling connected enough to your, yourself and not believing in yourself. It's, it's, a, it's a confidence thing. It's, it's, I, it's seeking attention and affection and love from other people because you're lacking it in some area of your life. And so you need that validation. It's all, it's all a sense of validation. Um, and you want to give love to everybody else. So I always say to people that self-care Self-care is not, self-care is a priority. It's not a luxury. If you're making it a luxury, you have a problem. If you don't have five minutes, wow. it, it's a, it's a, it's a luxury. If you're making it a luxury, you know that you've got a problem. Uh, if, if it is a priority, you know, you're winning. And what ends up happening is that a lot of women associate self-care with selfish. And that's where the people pleasing ends up getting mishmashed together and it becomes an issue. It's not selfish to take care of yourself. And if you don't have five minutes every single day to do something for yourself, you don't have a life. That's what I say, girl. If you don't have five minutes, it was actually, uh, Tony Robbins actually said this, uh, in a, in a talk that he had with Oprah. And it was so powerful for me because I've had days where, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to take care of myself. I'm too busy to do this. If you don't have five minutes, you don't have a life. And I think it starts and ends with self-love. I'm a, I'm a firm believer that we need to have a self-love ritual. I'm like, I'm a big believer of morning rituals, you know? And what is your self-care ritual? Yeah. So um, 
it's a few different things. So I believe we also need to have a morning ritual and an evening ritual because what happens is that by the end of the day, we end up, our minds are bogged down with all this different stuff. And if we don't condition it to wake up in the morning and what we want the morning to look like, that's when we roll out of bed in a bad mood, right? And we can't, we can't be productive. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm a big believer in shaking. I don't know if you shake. Shake's like a big thing for me. It's like tons of science behind it. It's, some, it's just like a great way to let go of negative energy. Um, wake up in the morning. I'm really bad at drinking water. This is like my whole life. I've had this problem. So the first <laughs> I'm like addicted I, to water. <laughs> yeah, I know. I knew you were going to say that, babe, because everyone is. So I have to force myself to do that. So drinking a massive glass of water and literally sitting there, it's like, it takes a long ass time because I don't know why. Um, uh, solid glass of water. Um, then what I do is... Um, I sit up in bed and I do something called a tapping. I don't know if you're familiar with tapping. I engage in a tapping exercise. Um, and usually it's all around, uh, I'll, I'll pick a mantra, um, an affirmation that I'll say to myself. Um, and so sometimes when I wake up, if my brain feels a bit off, it'll be, you know, I, I am healing, I'm happy, I'm strong or, or something. And I'll repeat those three things. I tap for about 10 minutes. Um, I do five minutes of meditation. I look, I'm not a fan of meditation. I'm not good at it. I don't love it. I do five minutes. That is what works for me. Some people do 30, some people do an hour. I do five. Um, and I'm a big believer in listening to music. So I like guided meditations. So I'll do that for five minutes. And then I get out and I put on like some epic music. I shake. I'll shake for about five to 10 minutes. And then I'll get into like a full on dance practice. I will just like move my body however I want. It's like, I'll just put on my favorite jams, whatever is in the moment that makes me feel good. I'll do that. And I'll do that for about like 30 minutes to an hour. Um, I usually scare, scare everyone, especially now that I'm, I'm home here. I'm visiting my mom. She's in like, she's in, you know, like a ground suite floor unit where so I just go in the middle of the grass and like everyone and their dog watches me so everyone thinks <laughs> I love your freaking dedication to your practice because yeah. sometimes it's hard to take that ritual that practice that you've created because did you create that while you were in Bali yeah so now maintaining it and bringing it home into a completely different environment yeah. but still maintaining that like that takes a lot of dedication and I absolutely love it and I yeah. love that you don't care what anyone thinks. You're like, this is me. No. This is what I do. This is one thing that I, I, and I've always been this way. I just, it's, I always say, you know, it's like the motto, do you. Like, do you. Because not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to love what you're doing. Um, but all that matters is that you, all that matters <laughs> is that you're connected to what makes you come alive inside. It's the big part about people pleasing. You know, I used to care what everyone else thought and I was operating based on that agenda. And then as soon as I decided that it was me, myself and I against the world in, in a beautiful way, I just, I just opened up and it just, my, my world, you know, was like, oh, here it is. Like now the world is my oyster, right? Mm -hmm. The world is my oyster. It's time to find my pearl now that I am done living for everyone else that's usually the big aha moment that happens as you start kind of getting over the addiction of people pleasing, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, everyone has this really intricate morning ritual. Um, mine is all around movement. That's, that's what I do. It's so water. it sounds like it's about two hours in total. Does it, is that about how long it takes it's you each a, morning? It's about, it's about an hour. It's about 90 minutes. It's about 90 minutes. Um, I like to, you know, and then from there it's, um, you know, I like to sit down. I like to, uh, you know, map out the three things that I'm going to accomplish for the day. Um, I try not, you know, we all have these massive to-do lists. I'm really big on whiteboards. I know you're big on that too. Um, I have to see things visually and, uh, and I'll draw stuff and I'll, you know, I'll, whatever it is that allows me to kind of like deconstruct what it is that I want to achieve. But I keep it to three things. I, I just find that it's been a powerful technique for me. And, it, you know, if I can get those three things done, then I know that I can build upon more things for the next day, right? 
Uh, yeah. what, are my, what are my three PowerPoints? Like, what are my, my big things that I need to achieve in order um, to feel successful for today? Uh, because I've, especially with, you know, where I'm at with my brain and everything, sometimes, you know, uh, I can't overwhelm myself. So, um, yeah, and that allows me, you know, it's important. I mean, I have to, by living in Bali, I'm in the jungle. So when I'm home, my, my ritual looks a bit different. Um, you know, I live right in the jungle, so I like to get out and walk in nature. And um, I'm, I'm just constantly reminded in Bali every day about gratitude, um, just being grateful for my life and, and how far I've come and what I've been able to get through. And when I'm having a bad day, all I need to do is really go outside and look at the 80 year old woman who's walking with a bag of rocks in her head and smiling and has nothing. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean, girl? And yes. Like, right. So, so the small things, the, the things that we, you know, that we stress about and all the things that, you know, we ruminate about it's sometimes it's just the simple reminders that, you know, we're going to be okay everything's going to be, everyone is okay. Everyone is try, just trying to get by. And if you can do it smiling, if you can do it smiling, you're it's the fake it till you feel it, baby. <laughs> fake it till you feel it. Like use those, use those muscles, you know, like just smile. It's, it's, there's some power in it. And I've done it a lot. I've done a lot of faking it till you feel it over this last year and a half. Let me tell you. And that is uh, amazing. Your yeah. story is absolutely incredible. All yeah. the things that you've experienced in your life that's led you to where you are of empowering women through movement. I absolutely love it. Actually, I cannot wait to meet you in I Bali know. this November. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I know. We're definitely going to have to do like a Facebook live video together about empowerment and movement. I might... Yeah, you guys, let me know. Um, you guys can send us a message. I'm at Kelsey Lowe underscore. Let us know if you guys are interested in, in doing maybe a live video or seeing what that movement looks like. If you want to see me move and shake and get all out of control, um, totally. let us know if that's something you're interested in. Is there any, any last words that you want to share with, with the audience? Uh, I think I just, you know, I, I, always, I always end every conversation that I have with anyone, whether it's a client or a friend or anyone, I always just say, here is to your unwavering resilience in the face of adversity, challenges, problems, obstacles. You got this. You always mm -hmm. had this. And it is, you came into this world having this and you're going to leave this world having it. And when you tap into your innate power and you find something that makes you come alive inside, that is when you know that there is nothing that's going to hold you back from success. It starts and ends with us. Everyone has this, this power, this vulnerability, this strength, whatever you want to call it that allows you to keep going. Pull upon it, hold it tight, and don't let it go. And never forget that we're all in this together. We all have something. And so, um, you know, find your tribe, love them hard, and um, together we rise. So as women, we really need to come together and, and platforms like this, you know, that Kelsey, that you've provided, um, that allow women to connect and share their stories is, is what it's all about because we all have a story. So uh, let's own it and, uh, you know, find the hero inside of us. That's what it's about. Share it with the world. Oh, I love it. Yes. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us on Joyfully You Podcast. I can't wait to hear more of your stuff. And guys, I'm going to post all of her information in the show notes so you can find where you can stalk her, where you can connect with her, where you can love with her, uh, all of the work that she's doing. So thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you, Kelsey. It's been amazing.